Well, good morning and Woo. welcome to New Hope Church. My name is Maya. And I'm Ben. And like I get... to welcome new people. If yeah. you're new here, we want to say welcome. We'd like to greet those of you online as well this morning. Good yeah. morning. And if this is your first time back, we want to say welcome home. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Again, oh, we survived the first week of 20... Ooh, the first 2023. Week. Not month. Not month. <laughs> not week. month. Week. We're... But I don't know about you. It was good for me. So yeah, was, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. go. So we want to just make you aware of a few things around campus. So in the back of our sanctuary, we have our prayer room, our nursery for birth to two years old. Across the wing is our children's and youth ministry. And then through these double doors is our fellowship hall. Yeah, our fellowship hall has our... Our restrooms are located in our fellowship hall. We also have our resource center that has books, Bibles, journals to help you in your walk with the Lord. We also have our kitchen, which is serving breakfast this morning. I believe it's fried rice. I think it's fried rice. Yeah. And then we also have our well that serves smoothies, acai bowls, and other smoothies. I never say them like I used to say them because it's 2023. It's 2023. I say, acai. You tried. Yeah. So yeah. You tried. Yeah. You tried. But yeah, so check out, check out our fellowship hall right after service as well. And so as a Foursquare family, tomorrow we're kicking off our 21 days of fasting and prayer. Yeah, tomorrow we're kicking it off, fasting and prayer. And you had some questions. Somebody asked you about... Yeah, people were asking, like, what is fasting? And what do you fast? And, like, do I go go all out? Like, I don't eat or drink anything? No, that's unhealthy. (laughs) But you can see... So what do they do? Yeah. So if you want... want, I mean, we can come ask one of us, but also if you go onto our app, when you go to the 21 days of fasting and prayer, it also has questions and answers that you might be looking for. Yeah, and there's also a letter from Pastor Randy Remington and a short video that explains more about what it is. And really, it's all about what God puts on your heart, right? right? That's the most important thing is being obedient to the Lord. Yeah, and again, this is this is for us to grow closer to the Lord. So Yeah, yeah and you know, when we talk about like investing in our younger generation, um, people invested in us, and so uh, recently we had our candlelight service. Yep. Right, we had our candlelight service, which was awesome. And Pastor Sheldon and Pastor Bunny, along with some of our young adults, went to Denver um, for the Now for Conference. The now conference yeah, now for conference. the Now Conference. And really, it's it's very important that we can invest in our young adults. So so let's take a look. What's up, everybody? We are here in Denver, Colorado, and we just finished our NOW conference, which was for our young adults in Foursquare. I'm here with these guys, and they, uh, Kaysen, Kalai, and and Makana, uh, were a part of it. Travis was also, but Travis was getting something. Anyway, um, I just sat down with them and asked them a couple questions on what this conference meant to them. Let's listen. These past few days has been such a divine appointment in my walk with the Lord. And it just feels amazing that that after all of these years, God is still looking over me and God is still guiding me and providing me with what I need to be able to do what I'm called to do. It totally exceeded my expectations in many ways. Just walking in on that first day, it was already just a, a strong start. It just, a strong start strong ending, strong throughout. It was just amazing all around. It was super cold, super cold, but felt good until you take your hands out of your pocket and then it's brutal. Super first time in snow, never been to Mauna Kea too, so super cool. It's different here, way more different, but comfortable at moments when you have the right clothing on. Probably the first day of worship, when I see it, it's cool, 
in Hawaii or where we are, it's not too many people our age is like active in worship and stuff. So going there, seeing people jump around, the first day I was like, oh, perfect, way comfortable, like way more comfortable for me to do all of that too. Because, you know, when you're like the only one at church your age doing all of that, it's kind of like, ah, shucks. But when you see other kids doing it, then it gives you that comfortability. I'm not shame at all. Because I always think of it like if he wasn't shame, like if he wasn't ashamed of me on the cross, then how am I going to be shamed? You know what I mean? So, but it just gave me that extra confidence boost to see like there's other people my age doing that too around the world. So that's how it affected me. Now I can go back home and start jamming out too <laughs> when we worship. I mean, there's so much to choose from. The worship was amazing. Um, even all the speakers, I felt like every speaker had something for me. Like a common theme that I was recognizing throughout uh, the entire conference and it's it's amazing that just yeah, how it was so clear to me but it was just like now is the time to uh, put in the work now is the time to to start doing things. Nicole Stark's message was really good I, I mean she was on fire and I could I could feel it too inside of me um, when she talked about you know having you know we have to be all in uh, and um, it, there's just there's just no time to be, you know, only have one foot in the door, one foot out. You know what I mean? To really understand it, you gotta call. Just like church, to not just watch it visual, like virtually, but to experience it how it really is in person. And yeah, just you gotta come to experience it. You won't win when you know of God. You'll win when you know God. That's, yeah, that, that's just amazing. Thank you, New Hope Kilo, as a church for investing in us, investing in the next generation. Okay, thanks you guys for sharing. Appreciate that. And thank you as a church for investing in these guys. Um, we appreciate you guys always looking out for the younger ones. Makan, you're a little bit older, but that's okay. <laughs> Only by three years. But, uh, Thank you guys. Thank you. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. So thanks for always investing. Happy New Year. Oh, it's so good to be with those the younger fellas. They're <laughs> so good. But yes, I would like to reiterate that again. Thank you for always investing in the younger generation because that was me time some time ago that this church invested in and we get to see what God is doing and continuously doing today you know when uh, pastor ben and mayo were talking about the 21 days of fasting and prayer really what that is is our spiritual journey with god it's an it's an act of surrender to him and if you've ever fasted something uh, it is it is one of it is one of those things that you really rely on jesus for like that time of surrendering to him and and drawing close to him it is a struggle but at the same time, you watch your spiritual life take a turn. So tomorrow that starts, that kicks off, and we want to support each other. Always consult your doctor before you fast on anything because you want to make sure physically that you're okay to do that. So you don't just want to go out and you know, not eat for 40 days and be like, I'm the most spiritual person in the world. No, you might be dying. So make sure you check with your doctor, but it is a, it's a, a spiritual journey and you want to take it very seriously. 
And at the same time, once we come out of it, we're going to see God move in tremendous ways, especially that we kick off this new year. Uh, we are in the second week of this new year, 2023. And so many of us, we're like, 2022 is done. And then 2023 started, we're like, oh man, I started the year off horrible. Or maybe you had some goals set and you're saying, this is how I'm going to start my year. And then the first couple of days, things didn't go well. And it didn't go according to plan. And then you're wondering, man, I thought 2023 is going to be different. I thought I was over with these things. But yet, life is still challenging. Some of us, we just went into 2023 with so many set goals and we're organized. We got things in place and we're still tracking and we're doing very well. So everyone is, we're all at different places. But the year never makes life. Never does. What year it is, what season we're in, never makes life. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's not the year we're in or the season we're in. It's that we put our life in Jesus Christ. That's what the whole thing about fasting and prayer is all about. We're saying to God, I'm putting my life in your hands. I'm surrendering it all to you. And we're all at different places in our spiritual journey with him, but the, the key to it is that we're in this journey with him. Like that's, he's the one person we do not want to dismiss. We want to stay close to Jesus. We want to stay close to him because when life hits, you want to make sure that you're next to the one who is life because we're going to hit some hard things. We don't know what's in front of us for the future. And, and, and I love this phrase, right? It's, a, it's a, a phrase that says, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And we know that God does. And whatever is set before us, whatever our future looks like, he has already, he's already been there. So he knows what needs to happen in order for us to live the life we need to live, especially for this year coming up. We don't know what it's going to look like. In fact, we don't even know what's going to happen in the next minute or so. And we, we become anxious, like what's going to happen tomorrow? Or maybe your, your family is going through something very difficult and you're unsure and there are uncertainties. And, and so every day is a, a, a struggle. You wrestle with things and there's anxiety, there's worry. And we carry that. We don't know what's going to happen. Or finances are tough because after Christmas, it's like everybody's broke. Like we don't have money, but we got some nice things. But we just don't have money. So now we're, we're financially strapped and we're trying to figure out, well, how do we make this work? Or it could be our relationships. During the holidays might have been the most difficult time for our relationships. And you're trying to find ways to make it work or you're, maybe communication wasn't the best thing or was, we weren't communicating well. Maybe we're, we're like, like a hit-miss kind of thing where one person is thinking this way, the other is thinking this way, our perspectives are different. Like, we all are in different places. So how do we still stay focused on Jesus Christ while life is coming at us at speeds we were never ready for? Because life does hit hard. And sometimes we can't prepare for what is unknown. This past December, uh, some of my friends ran the uh, Honolulu Marathon. And the marathon is what is a 26.2 mile run? 26.2 miles. Some of us have a hard time driving 26.2 miles. Like, how far is that? I gotta go way out 
that side just to go visit you 26 miles. But some people ran 26.2 miles. Some people ran, walk, and they, and they did it. But when, whenever you run a race that is that long, you have mile markers. Some of you use apps for it. You use maybe music to set your pace and you want to know where you are. And so you use different things, different methods to run this race. Uh, there's a race called the Aloha Run that's coming up in February. And we'll do that one because it's only 8.2, I think. 8 point something. Tracy, you know what it is. 8 point something, right? It's like 8 miles. So before I ran that race, my sister told me, because she ran it before, she said, Sheldon, when you run that race, or you, you, when, you, when you do the Aloha Run, and you, you come up the highway, and you see the Aloha Stadium, because that's the finish line, she said, do not be fooled. It is still super far. She said, I made the mistake that when I saw the Olaf Stadium, I was like, oh, right on. Only a couple more miles. Yes. No, it is still far away. And so she gave me some mile markers to take notice of. And along the way, they say mile two, mile three, mile four, and all of that. So you want to pay attention to what's in front of you. And I thought, that's just like our lives. That sometimes we... we get hired for a job, and now finances come in, and we're like, yes, finally, I got the job I wanted to have. This is my dream job. And then you start working with the people you're working with. You're like, I hate this job. It's the worst job ever. And they're like, oh, how, how, why would I want to work here? Or you buy a brand new car, and then you start driving it, and you're like, oh, this seat, not the same as my old car. Oh, the steering wheel, a little bit too high. And now it's, it's just different. Like, we set ourselves up for what we think it should be but then when we start living it in real life and in real time we're disappointed or you start dating someone you're just seeing who's dating and you think it's going to be like this and then after some years you're like mm, I don't know if I want to still date because I thought they were going to be like this and we had expectations and that happens every single day with our real lives. Whatever expectations we have of what's going to take place in life, whatever we set ourselves up for, very rarely come to pass. Very rarely. We set expectations because that's what we want. We, this, is, this is what we want. This is our desire. But it doesn't always turn out that way. And whatever is set before us Whatever is ahead of us, we would hope that it lines up with our heart's desires. Sometimes it does, but many times it doesn't. Here's where, here's where the Bible comes in. And here, here's where Jesus comes in, because Jesus never promises us that whatever we want will happen. The Bible does say to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, but it always starts with him. Not delight yourself in your wants. It's delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because when you're delighting in the Lord, his desires now become yours and now you're lined up with the best life to live. See, everything prior to this day just like training for a race or a marathon, everything prior to that race, is you're, you're training up for it. So it is with our life. Everything up until this point has been training. You've been training for this moment. 
everything that you've been through, think of all the things that you've been through, all the difficult things that you've been through that you've been able to persevere through. Like you're still here. You've been able to persevere through so many difficult seasons and this is where you are. And instead of us thinking about my life, this is where my life is, think about, wait a minute, God, you've been training me all my life for this moment in this specific time of my life. The tougher your life, the greater the race ahead. You train differently when you're running a 5K run and a marathon. There's, there's a difference. There's a difference with training for peewee football and the NFL. There's a difference. The outcome is also different. The Super Bowl is much different of a feeling when you win than street football. I mean, still good street football because you got bragging rights on your block. That's about it. But there is a difference with celebration. So how do we, knowing that we've been training all our lives to this moment, how do we live the life that is set before us? You know, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it starts off with this one word, Hebrews 12.1. It starts off with this word, therefore. So just a little bit of a Bible study um, tip. Anytime you hear the word therefore in the Bible, you have to see what's before. So what is before Hebrews chapter 12? It's Hebrews chapter 11. We know it as the hall of faith. These are men and women who have conquered. This is where, this is where Daniel overcame the lions in the lion's den. This is where God split the Red Sea. These are, these are men and women who have faced crazy trials and have endured. They were able to persevere. They had faith. They conquered. They overcame. They were tested. They trusted God. They were beaten, but they stayed faithful to God. That's what's before Hebrews chapter 12. So think of all of those difficult things that these men and women went through, and then Hebrews chapter 12 starts off with this. Therefore, we also. So in other words, we're included in that. We're included with that. We, we've been able to persevere. We've been able to go through some difficult things, especially in 2022, leading up till this day. Some of us are still in those difficult situations. But therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who are the great cloud of witnesses? Hebrews chapter 11. Go read Hebrews chapter 11. Those are the cloud of witnesses. And the men and women who have gone home to the Lord before us. Some of them are our family members. Some of them are, 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 are pillars of the faith that we know of. People that were close to us that passed away. They're the cloud of witnesses. And if you look up the word witness, it's the same word as the word martyr. A martyr is someone who has died for their faith. They were martyred. Most of the disciples were martyred because of their faith in Jesus. So these are the men and women who surround us. They're in the grandstands cheering us on. They're saying, you got this. We've been through worse. Jesus went to the cross and he went through some difficult things. He's also cheering you on. We have a cloud of witnesses cheering us on 
because they see what we're going through. And we're all in this together. So they keep cheering us on. So since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we run this race that is set before us. So I, I, Heidi bought me this shirt. I think, I, I think she bought this for a reason. So when we think of fasting and prayer, this is, this is, this is, if you grew up Hawaii, you're going to understand this big time. So if you're on, if you're on camera or if you're online, you're going to understand this very well. So this is, this is praying and fasting. So when we were young, right, how would you run faster? You put your slippers on your hands and you start running aerodynamically, you're cutting through the wind. And you're running. So if you have never put your slippers on your hands because you're like, oh, dirty. And you came in last place. (laughs) But when the Bible says that you run with endurance, so I'm going to try something. You can try this later. Like if you're sedentary, you just stay in one place. Easy. Sorry, camera people, I didn't prepare you for this. But this, so I'm just going to run around, okay? Just real quick. Sorry, sorry, camera guys. Because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to test something. First of all, my microphone is off. Okay, I'm just going to run real quick. So if you're online, sorry, I'm just going to run. Okay, just a, it's a light jog. Just a light jog. Run back here. Just very light. So if you're on camera, you can't see this. I'm going to run behind here. And then uh, maybe I should run in front. Are you trying to catch me, Pastor Tom? Good luck, buddy. I'm just going to speed up because I got past the prayer people over here. They're wondering, why is the pastor running? Is this safe? Okay, what's up, Kat? How you doing? Let's see you. Okay. Okay. My pulse is up. Breathing a little bit harder. Right? A little bit, a, a little bit adrenaline in the system. I was not like this earlier. How long did that take? I don't know, a minute? So I got to breathe. It's a little more difficult to run than it is to stay in one place. But we run, well, not all the time, but like when we were younger, we run a lot. We play sports, chase master. I don't know if they play that now. They probably do it on the iPad (laughs) because it's easier. So when you run in this life, things change. You're, You're tired. You're exhausted. Your adrenaline kicks in. Your pulse increases. Like there's a difference between just staying sedentary and running. So when the word of God tells us to run with endurance, it's kind of like giving us a hint that you're going to need endurance for this life. And sometimes we think living this life, if we, if we just give our life to Jesus Christ and everything is perfect, he'll solve all of our problems, we won't have any pain or suffering, he'll take care of everything. But, but that's not true. In fact, A life with Jesus, because this year is all about discipleship. A life with Jesus is a life he lived. 
So let's continue this scripture. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here's the amazing thing. Everyone has a race that is set before them. Every single one of us has a race that is set before us. And every single one of our races are different than someone else's. It's your own journey. It's your own race. This is your lane. And sometimes what we try to do is run someone else's race or we tell someone else, you need to live like me. You need to be more like me. But that's not, that's not what the Lord tells us. He says, you run your race. You run this race with endurance, the race that is set before you. Whatever that looks like. And then it gives us the way to run. Looking unto Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he's the author and finisher of our faith. And here's what Jesus had to do. This is what he did. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So you know it says run with endurance, the race that is set before us. The race that is before us is not the cross. That was Jesus' race. That's, that's the race he ran. That's the race he endured. Now, what was Jesus doing at the cross? He was dying for our sins so that you and I could stand righteous before God so that we could run the race that is set before us with endurance. We can lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Why? Because that's not ours anymore. Sin doesn't belong to us. It belongs in the grave. Jesus died for us so that sin would not have its grip on us. So you can lay aside every sin, every weight then entangles you. You can lay it aside because of what Jesus has done. So Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Talk about victory. Everything that Jesus did was victorious. These are the kinds of people we're surrounded by. Someone like Jesus who endured the cross. All of our family members, all of the people that have gone home to the Lord before us, gone home to be with him. Like we have such great people around us. Even the people that are alive and well today that encourage us, that cheer us on. We're surrounded by these people. So I want to ask us a couple of things. Here's the first question. What is set before you? Like what is set before you? What, what, what is in your life that is right before you? that you can see. It's like eating dinner, right? When you sit down to eat dinner, you assess what it is. If you eat at a restaurant, you look at a menu first, and then you order, and then when it comes, you, you kind of assess, okay, what am I going to eat first? We went to this place, like I go, I, I love, okay, I, there's no secret I love ice cream. That's, I love ice cream, but I've been trying not to eat ice cream for a very long time, and I've been doing very, very well. I was a good boy until, like if we travel, and there's a place called Shake Shack. And there's burgers and things like that. And they have like a vanilla malt shake. So when, there's a, when, when, when that's set before me, I will always drink my shake first. And I'll drink it as quickly as possible. And here's the reason. I do not want it to melt or go down by one degree because it tastes different. It's a pet peeve of mine. Sorry. You have your own thing. Some of you eat weird stuff. You eat, eat weird stuff, like ketchup on everything. Some of you eat ketchup on ice cream, so don't even, 
I'm like, why are you ruining the ice cream? So we all have our thing. Whatever you see that is set before you, you kind of, okay, I'm going to eat like this, I'm going to do this. Some of you do not like when things that are on your plate touch each other. Like, oh, brah, you can't, brah. The porky when touch my rice. The salad when touch my rice. Or how come you put the oranges in my, my plate? Now the orange would touch my meat. So now you, you, you have a hard time eating. Some of you grumble and fight because of that. Why? Because you have a certain way of doing things. Whatever is set before you, you have your way of doing things. And you assess how you're going to do something. That's just with eating. How much more difficult when it comes to life? Whatever is set before us. You have one child, ten. It's the difference. Whatever is set before you. You're married or dating, that's set before you. You have one car, two cars, no car, one broken down car, ten good cars, whatever it is, it's all set before you. You have five okay cars in the yard you weed whack around and you can fix them one day that's something else but all of these things are set before us the bills we have to pay the the home projects we have to do getting our children through school health and all of those things are all set before us these are things we can actually see so what is set before you what is already in your peripherals that you can see in your life right now what are they Because that's what it means when the Bible says, set before you. It's what you can see. It's not things that are unseen. That's where faith really comes in. But what do you already see? What can you already see that is set before you? Some of you, before getting ready for church, you set out all your clothes. Not going to say what gender you are, but mostly one gender sets everything up or you change and you tell somebody how does this look it's uh, perfect ah, you're just saying that and then you change and you change again and you keep changing and then you wear the same thing you were going to wear in the first place but you set everything before you why because you're you're making a decision but you have to see it so you can make a decision there are things we already see in our lives that we're trying to live by and we're trying to assess how do we do this what decisions do I have to make so what is already set before you and that phrase set before means to be placed before the eyes to lie in sight like in plain sight to stand forth or to be appointed or destined like what are you destined for because the only one knows what you're destined for is God himself so what is already set before you Because if we're trying to do many other things and we're worried about so many other things, what about the things that are already set before us, the things that we need to tackle right now? The second question is, how will you run? How are you going to run this race that is set before you? How are you going to do the things that you're doing? How are you going to run this race? A friend of mine uh, had her grandson, and he he was small, and he was running, and she was watching how he is running. And, okay, I kid you not. I'm not making fun. This is, this is her story. She said he was running like this. Okay? So that's, that's how he was running. So she was like, oh, man, I got I to gotta help him. He's... So she said, hey, you know when you run, if you close your fists and you just pump your arms like this, 
you can run faster. He was like, what? And so he changed the way he ran, and he felt he could run faster. He just ran differently. He ran with all his might much differently. And he put his head down, and he could run. And sometimes it takes an adjustment of us running to run better and faster. So how will you run this race that is set before you? How are you going to run in this year? What is it going to look like? For some, it may start already with fasting and prayer for those 21 days. It may start with us being in the Word of God, doing our devotions. We have at our resource center Bibles and journals and books to help us with our walk with Jesus Christ. Some of you have already start, you, you already started that this year. We have different, there are so many different apps that can help us with being in the Word of God daily. We call it doing our daily devotions. It's actually one of our core values here at this church that we know it's very important, it's paramount to our life with Jesus Christ. Being in the Word of God. Prayer. Like what, how will you run this year? Journaling, fellowshipping, gathering together. Some of you who are online, you're like, I gotta go back to church. I gotta, go. I gotta get in person. I gotta get in person. You know people that are in person and you're like, I gotta come back. I gotta come back. What are you waiting for? No one's going to force you. You have to make that decision yourself. No one's going to, no one's going to, like, no one is grabbing you by that. Some of you had to grab someone by the hand. And you're going to church today. But that's, that's called marriage. This is just different. This, you, you have to make the decision on your own. So how will you run? For some, you're planning things better. You're organizing. You're cleaning out the closet. You're saying, I, I got to set the year off correctly. So how will you run? For some of you, perseverance, dedication, endurance, that's how you're going to run this year. And you've learned some things from last year, and you're saying, I'm no longer going to live like this. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to give grace. I'm not going to let so-and-so hold me in that, in that negativity. I'm not, that's not me anymore. And you go to God, and you say, God, this is how I want to run the race, and God will help. So here's the last thing. Run the race that is set before you before you whatever race is set before you not someone else's race not what someone is telling you to do but what race is set before you and to run that race means to spend one's strength in performing or attaining something because it takes some energy to run physically it takes some energy to run this word occurs in greek writings denoting to incur extreme peril To run the race, extreme peril, which it requires the exertion of all one's effort to overcome. Ask someone who has survived the most difficult health ailments. You're going to see a strength in them and an endurance. You're going to find strength and endurance in someone who their relationship with Jesus was difficult but they endured different circumstances and they drew closer to Jesus you're going to see a strength in them you're going to see a spiritual giant in these people you watch someone's marriage who've been married for 50 plus years and you're going to see some foundational work that they put into being married that long and being where they're at 
And maybe for us, instead of spending our time and energy and strength and complaining and grumbling, use that strength and energy to run. To run with endurance. Now, here's the best thing about what the Bible is talking about to run the race. It's not saying you have to run at this pace. It's your race that is set before you. What is your pace? What is, what is God asking of you? And how will you run this year? You run that race that is set before you. It is definitely not going to be easy. But I tell you, it will be well worth the energy, time, and strength that you put into it. Because for the joy that was set before him, before Christ, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And he overcame sin and death and is seated at the right hand of God. That's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one we fix our eyes on. So let's run this year knowing that we're looking unto Jesus, the one who finishes for us. Let's pray together. Bow your heads for a moment. Lord God, we thank you for what you have done. You, you gave us the greatest gift in Jesus Christ, that he ran the race that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising its shame. And now he's seated at your right hand, and now he has given us Holy Spirit to empower us to live the life that you promised us. So whatever is set before us, we're gonna run this race we're going to adjust. We're going to change some things. And you're going to bring that help. You're going to empower us so that we can have that change in our lives in whatever way that needs to happen, whether it is being before you, whether it is praying or fasting or being in your word, gathering together, fellowshipping. We just want to run the race that you have for us. So our trust is in you, Lord. And whatever you have for us, we know that you are the author and perfecter and the finisher of our faith. May it be so, not just today, but for the rest of our lives. So I pray a blessing over all of us today. Thank you. Thank you for being the one that empowers us. We can only endure because you did it. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. We will see you soon, if not this week Wednesday, then next week Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys.